0: I'm Dr. Gene Hemslr, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at com. That's d r g e n e at h e n s s l e r dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, October 17th, 2020. Running most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I am your host today, Troy Harmon, uh, here with DJ Barker.
2: DJ. Hello, how are yeah,
0: you? There's DJ. Uh, DJ is a managing associate here at Hensler Financial um, in the planning and implementation department. What good's a plan if you don't put it to work? That's the truth. Yeah, how about that? That's
2: a great point, Troy. Right?
0: Also got Peter Lynch. Good morning, None the one and band. only. The, the, well, is he the one only? Yeah, well, you know, there's another very famous Peter Lynch. Well, he's famous. sitting right here. Well, I'm not, I see him, yeah. DJ. I, my vision's a little worse <laughs> than it used to be, but I still see Peter. Peter. Good Peter is a financial planner. I think. You, what's the official title?
1: Peter? Associate.
0: Associate. Mm. But you all do kind of the job of financial planner, right? Just like Correct. I'm a I'm a financial analyst. You guys are financial planners. That's right. Uh, Works again in uh, the planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial. And uh, glad to have you guys on. Um, Hadn't been too crazy a week if you turn the TV off and don't watch anything about politics or the
2: Braves. It's been a good week then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) DJs, DJs, uh, the Braves,
2: what is is Uh, that?
0: Yeah, DJ's not much of a sports fan. In a conventional sense. Yeah, he loves it when the uh, the Miami Marlins, which aren't really a thing anymore, <laughs> uh, sh- kick a kick a touchdown or you know run around third base heading for first. I mean, he I think loves it's a great, all that yeah, stuff. That,
2: right? when they make a goal, it's so much fun.
0: Uh, I'm sure you you just love it. I do. Yeah, sport. Yay sports.
2: <laughs> yay sports.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, DJ uh, does get outside a lot. I, what was it last year that you? Uh, Traverse to the Atlantic Ocean. That's (laughs) right.
2: That's right. From the Bahamas to South Florida on a paddleboard. 80 miles, 15 hours, two minutes. Crossing the ocean. Not that anyone was counting.
0: Not that anyone was counting? Yeah. It's amazing. You still got the tan lines? No, no, don't show me. Don't show me. It's a good thing this is a
2: radio show, folks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you would probably be gouging your eyes out like I'm doing right
2: now. It's a different show. Different hours, different family broadcast. You
0: can't even pay for that. Uh oh, stop already, please. Uh so we've got uh, a stock market. Let's talk let's about Let's talk that. about the stock market, folks. Let's see
2: what's Let's get to the markets.
0: Uh I wasn't on the show last week. Uh it's a pretty rare occasion these days, but um the market was up, and if I was on the show, I would have told you the market was going to be of up. Of course, it's, it's up. always up with Troy. I say it every time, right? Every Brogan time. Broken record. Uh, and the reason that I say that is because more often than not, it is. That's right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of the lazy man's forecasting, right? Uh, <laughs> markets up 91 basis points, or 0.91% this week. Uh, information technology led the way. Is that, mm, that
2: is shocking. Again, I am yeah. shocked by that.
0: Yeah, up to almost two and a half, two point four percent 2.4%. For the week, Uh, consumer discretionary is up 1.8. And, by the way, consumer discretionary is where Amazon resides. So, there's probably a reason. Mm. Uh, On the other end, anyone want to guess that one? This has become really easy.
2: Well, um, yeah, energy. Energy. Energy.
0: One and three quarter percent on the week. Uh, Looking at a longer period, uh, year to date. Let's see what has happened. I mean, it's been a pretty normal year, right? Markets up 9.22% in October. Um. What's the average? About ten and a half percent on an annual basis. So it's been yep. just an average year.
2: Yeah, average year. Except let's talk about it. Yeah. Thirty three,
0: thirty
2: three and a half date. percent a year to date. Ouch. Oh, let's That's talk craziness. again about energy. Oh, I don't want to talk about. Yeah. It. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, let's don't. Yeah. Uh, it's down forty six and wow. three quarter percent. Uh, so maybe not a normal year. Not, I mean, we yeah. You have a thirty three percent
2: up on Infotech. You got forty six in the negative on energy. But you know
0: everything else. Everything is kind of else is kind of in between there. Consumer discretionary up twenty nine percent. Financials down seventeen and a third. Um, you know there is a huge divergence. It's tough for a bank to make money in a in an environment where the interest rates are so low yeah. and the mm-hmm. uh, net interest margin is low. Net interest margin being the margin between where they can lend money, the rate at which they lend money versus the rate at which they have to borrow in order to lend that money. Um, not much to be had there. Uh, usually, you know, in a time like that, especially when there's a lot of volatility, changing prices, uh, as long as trading volumes stay high, companies, uh, banks that have uh, trading operations usually can can uh, bridge the, the profit gap a little bit in a, in a time like this. But, man, is it a tough period for banks. Yeah. Uh, Energy has its own set of worms. Uh, It seems like nothing can go right for energy. This week, I noted that we had a a bit of a draw on reserves. There was, you know, oil inventories were reported as being lower on the week.
1: So were prices up then?
0: Uh, That would be the logical conclusion. (laughs) Peter, guess what? They weren't. Uh, This uh, efficient market that we're supposed to have, Uh, failed us, at least on that one day. I think longer term, I could probably agree with some efficiency in markets, but uh, when you've got price to earnings ratios that are, uh, what, 60% higher than their long-term averages, especially in uh, growth type stocks, Uh, they're even higher in in, uh, value type companies, but only 20% higher. Uh, You go for those companies with paying dividends and actually you can get a bit of a discount at the moment and mm-hmm. not only that if uh if you do believe that uh asset values are extended which I'm squarely in that camp <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind that that is the case um you know it, you can uh you could probably uh benefit a little bit long term from buying some dividend paying stocks right now and uh
1: value stocks.
0: Uh, yeah, value stocks. Uh, you're you're going to see companies in the utility sector, healthcare, um, you know, there's there's quite a few um, uh consumer discretionary companies that will pay dividends. It's usually older, well-established companies that are giving back money uh to their shareholders um because they don't really have a better way to invest it. That's kind of the argument made Uh, by financial analysts anyway Um, you know when you have a company that can invest in their own products uh, the development of their own products and and, uh, continue growing their revenues then more often than not it makes sense for them to keep the money and not give it back to their investors but uh, uh, there's that that, uh, fact that you can access a little bit of capital as you go along actually does tend to benefit uh, you know in times of volatility there tends to be a floor as long as those companies don't cut that dividend. So it's mm-hmm. it's wise if you're gonna do that to watch closely how safe the dividend is and what you wanna look there for is uh, earnings that, um, that provide enough cash flow uh, to the firm that they can pay some out the back door to their investors. Um, lately, there's been another thing too uh, where we've uh, watched a lot of companies that'll buy back their shares Uh, It's arguably giving back to investors as well uh, on a theoretical basis, and it does tend to cause prices to go higher. Um, It has, at least in the last few years, and it's why it became so popular back in 2011. We saw a really big move in almost all companies to to, uh, borrow money and pay back their their shares or uh, buy back their shares, rather
1: especially so, with interest rates so low. Yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. And and that was another thing. When you look at valuation in the market right now, it's somewhat justifiable when you see interest rates uh, the overnight lending rate at 0 to 0.25%. So um you know, there you can you can make an argument pretty much for whatever you want. Speaking of which, um been seeing a lot in the news and I've been talking about this almost every time I'm on the radio show that uh, the polling all shows that uh, Biden is well ahead of Trump. Um, I, I, You know, I don't doubt that. The only doubt that comes into your mind is the fact that that was the case back in 2016 where Hillary Clinton was supposed to beat the socks off of Donald Trump at the polls, um, but it didn't quite come true, and there's a reason that folks that watch the stock market will tell you um, that might not be true. It's because the stock market at the time was down about 2.5% on election day in the three months leading up to that election. Uh, It's actually a pretty good indicator, a good forecaster of market. um, The the market will forecast politics. uh, And the way it works, the party in power is usually going to stay in power if the market is higher in that three-month lead-up. So if we use that today, August 3rd would be our marker, August 3rd, 2020. And since August 3rd, 2020, the market is up about 6.5%, okay.
2: hmm. which
0: means that the market would believe, if you believe that indicator at all, and it has a pretty good, strong uh,
1: history, yeah.
0: uh, it, you would believe that Trump actually is doing better yep. according to the stock market than the polling would Reflect. Hmm. So time will your, tell. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> there's your little food for thought. Well, let's uh, let's uh, take a real quick break here. And when we get back, we'll have you uh, dog of the week and talk Rock about a financial situation. Stick, girl. stick around. Money talks.
3: Bang bang. Money bang talks. We'll girl. be right back. <laughs>
0: This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we have got a dog of the week this week, and it's uh, actually an awesome little marketing ploy by a a business that um, is offering a new place to stay.
2: Oh, vacation.
0: feet underground under a rock. They have created a cave where you can go online. You can go, I think it's hotels.com. In fact, it is. uh, And you can book a stay. And they're really pitching this between November 2nd and 7th. What's November 2nd?
2: That is interesting.
0: Day before the election. That would be a Monday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You can stay all week. You don't get very good Wi-Fi reception in a hole like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what you do, what the way they're talking about it is, you can cast your ballot, go underground, live under a rock for a while. When you come out, hopefully everything's done.
1: <laughs> News <right>. cycle <laughs> over.
0: <laughs> it's time for the holidays. Doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. I mean, why not? Surprise. As, uh, as long as you're not there, afraid
2: of the dark and holes. <laughs> claustrophobia. Yeah, the... the
0: n- you got a. There's a coupon for twenty percent off if you actually are successful in uh, booking it? securing this. Now, uh, what kind it's, of cost? It's under a rock. Yep.
1: is the coupon? Where is it?
0: Uh, that's a great question. It's uh, fifty feet below ground in New Mexico.
1: Hmm. All
2: right. And do we Does have it really? Weather? I would matter?
0: almost bet you that it's not available at this point.
2: Is there? So a, what's the cost?
0: Uh, it really doesn't say. Is so it like camping? 20% like a scenario off of where a I mean, is
1: there furniture
2: scenario? Like what? Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's a, large enough. A picture or two. I mean, yeah. the pictures don't do well on the radio, DJ. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I mean, with a name like DJ, you'd figure a guy knows everything about the radio. <laughs> but uh, obviously oh, not. Obviously,
2: this is awkward.
0: Uh, it doesn't give us a, a price, but uh, yeah. I do encourage you to go out and check that. No, out. No, I'm going to try to uh, book if, it. If you could I land that, I'll be amazed.
2: Yeah. Maybe uh, we'll get uh, yeah, there we'll do we'll uh, do a, a, a early taping of the show
0: <laughs> you think
2: coming off coming from the uh, underground
0: that's right uh, a cool not balmy sixty eight degrees year round I mean why wouldn't you love that yeah, it's pretty cool stuff that's if good you stuff live under a under the under floor. a rock under a rock yeah yep. um but I do encourage you to go to oh. hotels dot com there is furniture oh. it's it's well <laughs> lit and uh probably a little damp like most caves are, but um you know. You you stay there a week. You're gonna have to wash your clothes extra well to get the. Uh, I imagine you might get a little mildew going there. I mean, not you, DJ. You're much cleaner than the average yeah, human. Yeah,
2: no, so. I'm not gonna.
0: Me, I mean, I probably smell bad when I <laughs> yeah, go you, in. <laughs> yeah, you. There's. Yeah. Anyway, there you have it, Dog of the Week. Oh, like one it. more thing that yeah. got honorable mention this week. I mean, we had, <laughs> there was a lot to choose from in the dogs this week. Uh, there was even one that I could have easily made, uh, you know, dedicated to you, DJ, and your your uh, extravaganzas and police work. There was uh, uh, three llamas that got loose in Washington State and had to be rounded up by the local, uh, well, I guess it was a state patrol. Washington State Patrol got one of them tied. It's a nice picture. Got oh, a sure. llama tied off to the front bumper. You know the the deer catcher that they have on all yeah. the cars these days. But this one is just absolutely awesome. And with so many people out of work, I think it's probably worthwhile talking about. Um, the makers of Top Ramen are looking for a chief noodle officer.
1: Chief, <laughs> the gig noodle. pays
0: ten grand. And the way you do it is you uh, you you post your Um, pictures of your creations using Top Ramen online, and an individual named Melissa King, who's a recent winner of Top Chef All-Stars of uh, L.A., um, will be the judge. So, uh, you know, there you go. And you get a 50-year supply of various... Top ramen products.
2: Isn't that what? 10,000? How much <laughs> ten ramen grand can you buy for 10 grand? I don't, how much can That's you a lifetime eat? supply, I'm years? thinking. <laughs> many, where's,
0: where's the argument? How much are you going to say you can eat? Wow, right? I mean, how do they figure out how much is 50 year supply?
2: It's a great question. I
0: don't know. But hey, if you're out of work and looking for something to do, you got a phone. You, you can, can probably take a picture at 12 and stick it online.
2: Yeah, maybe make a little. Nothing
0: like a little bit of top ramen and spam.
2: That's mm, what I, I Delicious.
0: Cheesy top ramen and spam. Believe it ramen or not, and spam I, I, have did, taken a <laughs> I did look that up, and there is oh, I'm sure? a recipe online. So it wouldn't be original, so don't use that. No, but of course. I mean, that's yeah.
2: Troy's invention, folks. Please. Exactly. Please, um, don't take his.
0: Yeah, I have a bad taste, <laughs> and everybody knows it. <laughs> He's
2: very proud.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, let's uh, quit being foolish and get to business Let's get to findings. business,
2: all right? Let's get right, to work.
0: Okay, so we've got a situation today that we want to talk about uh involving two individuals rochelle and adam they're in their 60s mid 60s uh got grown children <clears throat> they're embarking on retirement in 2021 next year um their investment advisor assures them they have enough money to retire they've tried to assuage did i say that right assuage their fears i think put aside their fears how can i say it any better uh, using online calculators, but those require a set of variables they don't know how to fill in. Uh, they don't want to overspend in the first few years, as they know they're headed into retirement with high unemployment and low interest rates. It's really tough to re-enter the job market after you decide you're going to retire. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, this is it's an important question. Their their question, their main question is. How do you determine the safe portfolio withdrawal rate at the beginning of retirement? Uh, They found the method is uh, backed by historical data and research, but don't quite know how to apply it. And with you guys being financial planners in the general sense, uh, we figured that you all could flesh this question out really good. So um, I know there's a lot of rules of thumb. There's people that have uh, put out you know, various percentages. And um, I figure we'll go down this path. And at the end of it, because Hensler Financial doesn't use a rule of thumb or anything Mm. of the sort, Mm -hmm. we can explain how we do it. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about this piece first.
1: And it is a question that comes up, uh, like DJ was saying earlier, all the time. Well, one of the worst things that you could
0: ever do is outlive your money, right? Oh, yeah. You don't want to die broke. Yep, exactly. If you don't have
1: to, for sure. And right. I think the question, one of the questions that came up, was leaving too much on the table. And I'd rather always have too, too much more, than more, not enough. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah,
0: let your money outlive you. <laughs> right. That, that's well, Doctor okay. Gene says something that I always love. He says that really what you want to do, if you do it perfectly, the last check you ever write will bounce.
1: Right. Exactly. And That'd I don't know of idea. anybody
0: that ever does that, but I mean that's that's perfect. It's hard to I get perfection.
1: A, and that that percentage that comes up, you know, when people say how much can I spend, it's typically been in the past anyway four to four and a half percent. Right. Um, but there's a lot more that goes into those calculations. Sure. Um, I mean there there are ranges. Uh, one big factor that's going to come into play is inflation. Oh,
2: absolutely! Yeah. Uh, it's been you know, inflation of two versus a four. Your things are a little bit more expensive. You no, know, yeah, I mean?
0: yeah. And, and inflation's not. It's not uh, uniform throughout either, and one of the things that you use more of in your old age is health care. And guess health. what? Healthcare <laughs> is one of the biggest sources of inflation yeah. in our economy. Healthcare and education. So you get lots of inflation early on, and you get even more inflation in the <laughs> yeah. late stage of your life. Nothing. I, I mean, life is not fair. If we've said anything else true on this radio show today. There it can, is. Yeah, there you go.
1: All right, Peter. Well, so I was, was going to say, too, just a couple of things to look at. I mean, you these apply to tax-advantaged accounts, so retirement accounts, IRA accounts. Yeah. Um, and you've got a certain longevity, 30 years. So those are some fixed things that obviously can change throughout this time period. Um I think one of the big things, too, to know that is this is ongoing. You've got to continually update a plan that you have in place. How um, frequently
0: would you say to do that?
1: At a minimum, every two years, unless something major comes up. Okay. Uh, retirement, yeah. birth, marriage. Changes divorce, in your plan. Divorce. Death. Yeah. yeah. You
0: know,
2: any of those. And I think, um, you know, we get, we get the question a lot, and we, we talk through this, and I think it's important to understand that, yes, you don't have all the right answers, meaning even clients that we're running financial plans for, they don't know exactly what's going to happen in 20 years, but you do the best guesstimation you can. This is my retirement, and this is what I intend to look like right now, and that's what we have to deal with to get you through retirement so though there's going to be when you look at the these online platforms and you're going through these questions this list of things you know you you, you can only at least answer the best you can but we also know that life is what happens when you're making other plans you know as you're planning you are still going to live so you still have to just guesstimate the best you can to fill out this document as you kind of go through um and i think that's going to be important and that's what we continue to tell our clients we we know you don't know when your roof is going to go out but if you if you need to have a little bit on the side to replace the roof in 10 years, let's go ahead and start planning for it now. Yeah, and we're emergency
0: gonna, reserve.
2: Yep, uh, the emergency reserve phone. is always there. So mm-hmm. though you don't have, yes, the defined here are all my expenses to answer this question, let's try to find the best one when you're filling out these online platforms. Now, when we come back from break, we should probably talk about how Hensler plans and why we do it a little bit differently from kind of what some of these online profiles tell us what we need to pull from.
0: Sure, absolutely, and I think there's a couple others we can flesh out too, just so you know the rules of thumb in the industry. Stick around, you're listening to Money Talk.
3: More than 3,000 airplanes have been put in storage that's 50% of the United States active fleet when business as normal is no longer normal, normal. this is your economic emergency kit money talks welcome back we're talking
0: today about uh, a very interesting situation and probably one at the heart of financial planning uh, trying to make sure you don't withdraw too much money uh, so that you run out of money before you run out of life Uh kind of a morbid topic at times but uh it's one that uh definitely is at the heart of the financial planning process uh if you have questions we'd love to hear from you our question hotline number is 1-855-429-9166 uh the way it works you call in you'll get our uh our voicemail message uh at the beep you'll answer you will uh give us your question we'll play it on the air and uh answer right behind it if you prefer to talk to a human being you can call us at 770-429-9166 um, you can ask for the radio show or kelly lynn and uh, they will patch through to her she will get your question to us and we'll answer it on the air as well uh, the other way is through email you can email us at drgene@hensler.com. at spelled d-r-g-e-n-e at dot com, Just uh, include your question. We'll uh, make sure to answer your question on the air. We'd always love to hear from you. Um, you can also go to our website, Hensler.com, if you're a do-it-yourself type. There's loads and loads of information uh, that is downloaded for your viewing, reading pleasure. Uh that again is spelled henssle Uh that phone number by the way, the 770-429-9166 is the number you can call and uh get in touch with DJ Barker who is here with me today. Oh yeah. Or Peter Lynch who is also here with me today. Hello. If you want to get in touch with me, I asked DJ, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you do it.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh i I usually work behind the scenes uh glad to answer questions usually remotely a bit though um so uh guys yeah. we've been talking about this situation, and uh you know there's a couple of other methods that uh, are common in the market um peter you've already told us what's if you're going to use a percentage. people have kind of landed on that four to five mm-hmm. percent we'll call it four and a half in mm-hmm. uh, times prior there have been people who have recommended even more than that. Yeah. Uh and if you think about it, um you know, if you go spending 4 or 5% of your uh of your nest egg on an annual basis and you don't grow that, so you got to have a portfolio that grows at least by that much, right? Otherwise, you're going to have to be faced with a a reduction in spending on an annual basis, right?
1: Correct. You need to hopefully be flexible.
0: Right. And and as you've already mentioned, we've got inflation to con, you know to to be concerned about as well. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, there are a couple of methods we haven't talked about. Schiller CAPE, C-A-P-E, uh, is one such methodology that uh, differs from the just straight-up percentage amount. And uh, how does that work? It's the, I think it's cyclically adjusted to P-E, right?
1: Correct. That's what the CAPE stands for. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, it's just a calculation to help you with what they ask for, sustainable withdrawals. Can yeah. I make this withdrawal? Every year for the next thirty years. Right.
2: I find it interesting you said um, that you have to sometimes change your spending year after year, which we know is very difficult for people Absolutely. on a fixed income. Right. To lower your expenses and or lower their spending rate year after year, especially so when you factor in
0: inflation. Exactly. On top of so
2: it. it's very mm-hmm. it's something that you really have to concentrate on. You know, are you really going to be able to lower your annualized spending and or expenses? When you look at you know withdrawal rates,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: And I think that Schiller Cape methodology just really makes you think a lot about the assets that you have saved, uh, whether or not they're overvalued or undervalued. So what you I think would do is you adjust kind of the value of your your uh, portfolio uh, in order to determine what that amount to withdraw would be. So if The the theory behind it is if your portfolio is overvalued, then you need to take less than your normal spending amount. Uh, Otherwise, you could run into trouble if the market uh, reverts to the mean, which it often does, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning that loses value relative to its earnings, and uh, then the next year you would be withdrawing a lesser amount, having already eaten too many of the seed, if you will, (laughs) Mm -hmm. from the previous year. Right, right. Anything else you want to expand on, Peter?
1: No, I just, again, that, that flexibility piece is important. And everybody's situation, individual situation, is going to be different. And uh, DJ mentioned earlier, too, about one of the biggest drivers isn't necessarily that portfolio that you've built over the years, but how much are you spending? That's one of the biggest drivers is, will my money last through my lifetime?
0: Yeah. And and one of the things, let's go ahead and flesh it out then, um, How does Hensler do it? So you come to Hensler Financial. You want a financial plan. First steps, we look backwards at what you've been spending. We also look at the amount of assets you have today. We do lots of calculations to determine really more how you're spending. Instead of trying to change you, determine how you're spending if you continue to spend uh, at the rate you've developed over the last five, ten. I don't know how far you go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you try to determine if that's going to continue into the future at a similar rate, uh, including inflation, we just tell you how long your money will last, mm-hmm. yeah. right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting because that's one of the hardest things people can answer. When we ask that question, what are you spending? I don't know.
1: Many don't know. Many,
2: many, so many people don't have a budget don't really know what they're actually spending. Right. You know, they have an idea. Um, so so when we look at that, you're absolutely right. We look in totality, every, all of your assets that you've got, all of the income streams that you've got coming in the door, your Social Security, your pensions, what have you, and then all of your exit. It doesn't matter if we're managing the asset. We want to know about it because it's all part of the plan, right? You yeah, have to you be honest.
0: Up, yeah, you brought up a very interesting point. And, Peter, you had said it earlier, everyone's situation is different, right? right. So, So if I have a pension, do I still need to take 4%? of my assets
2: in of the a, market? That's a great question, because in most cases, if you've got an income stream, again, the way we do it, it we don't base planning based off of the average.
1: Yeah. A rule you of
2: specifically, at oh. your age, at your spending, and your assets. This is what your assets, this is what you can spend. This is how much your maximum spending is to run out of money. Yeah. Somewhere in between, we're going to figure that out, because we have clients that are in their 80s that are 90% in growth investments because... They've got those assets that, you know, again, the Social Security or pension are covering their need. So really they're investing for their heirs, their children, sure. their grandchildren, mm-hmm. the, the charities in, in which they, they want to gift to in life and death. They're the, the benefactors. So, no, I mean, just because you are a certain age doesn't mean that 4.5% withdrawal rate makes sense. Now, you have your required minimum distribution that you're going to have to pull from. That yeah. could be whatever that but, amount would be. But, but it, doesn't, it, doesn't it doesn't mean doesn't, you
0: spend it, right? Exactly.
2: Right. You don't have exactly. to spend just because of withdrawal... It doesn't have to be a cash withdrawal. You yeah. can move in kind stock. stock to yeah. a taxable account or gifting in that in that situation. Sure. Um you, you put all of those those factors. those factors together mm-hmm. to get you what it is you'll need to withdraw and your specific needs for retirement. And that's what our planning is. It's not yeah. age based, it's it's truly a needs based situation.
0: Now, DJ, you brought up something that's really important, I think, that we probably should flesh out a little bit. You said you've got 90-year-old clients or 80-year-old clients in 90% growth investments. I think what you mean is 90% invested in the stock market. In the stock market. That is volatile, as we all know. But Mm -hmm. it also grows much faster, especially these days, than any fixed Investment. How Think investment about you can
2: get. You know, it, it's it's somewhat frustrating to see you know individuals come in there 60 years old with 60 percent of their assets in cash. It makes it zero sense to just just because I'm 60 doesn't mean I need at, that much in fixed. Yeah, the Unless, other old you know, rule of thumb, right? Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the you know no, it's it's based on why right, right. you're you're getting the, a two year CD at 20 bips where okay well point what's 0.2% for those of
0: you that don't speak finance.
2: And what what do we say what do we say a few minutes ago on the year to date return? We're at 9% year to date oh, yeah. on the stock market. Yeah. So yeah.
0: even with a recession even yeah right. it and fell hard second and third quarter. You know,
2: in, in the, the first beginning of the year right. it was up it went down we're back up. So you we use those averages to say all right well here's what your assets will be for your heirs. Uh, you know I think a lot of times when we you want to live a nice comfortable retirement but if you have children you're also thinking of them. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and it, that's just something as a parent you always will do. So if I can leave a little bit something for my kids, fantastic, but I'm going to enjoy my retirement. And and our clients that are in retirement, we do this planning. Again, it's just about the the age. Now sometimes they will be more conservative and say, All right, well, your ten year rule says I can be a little bit more aggressive in the fact that I can have more in growth investments and more in stocks. Right. Now may they they may say, Well, you know what, I don't want to be that aggressive. Instead of having ninety percent, I want to I want to I want 80%, you know, and yeah, I'll, I'll kind of do it that. We can play salary, that. Maybe. You yeah. know, and and there is the sleep factor that we obviously identify with, but yeah. you and know, it's very sure imp- you can
0: sleep at night with a portfolio that you own.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You can still have growth investment, but a conservative growth portfolio. There's a lot of ways to, to You know, keep that dynamic with that portfolio development and that that plan, you know, kind of going. But I think we're running out of time on this segment, so I think we'll finish this in just a few minutes.
0: Yeah, not a problem. We do have something to wrap this up with. Stick around. You're listening to Money
3: When things go wrong, you're scared. Knowledge is power. There's a lot about this virus that we don't know. This, this is Money Talks.
0: We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Peter Lynch and DJ Barker. DJ Jazzy Barker.
2: That's right. It's been yeah. a good show. I hope you've been enjoying yourself. Oh yeah, we have. Almost as much <laughs> we as we have. We have had a good time.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe one day somebody will video that craziness and, uh, you know, probably have us all institutionalized. That's right. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we uh, have been talking about a situation where, um, you know, had a question about uh, how do you know how much to take out of your accounts so that you don't run out of money. Um, If you have questions yourself, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us on our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. Uh, leave your message, including your question. We'll play it on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166. Uh, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. Uh, they will direct you to her. She'll get your question and get it to us to answer on the air. Uh, if you prefer, you can uh, actually email at Dr. Jean at Hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, or you can go to our website and kind of do it yourself. doesn't allow you to talk to us even remotely, um, but uh, it will allow you to get lots of information that we have downloaded, uploaded, however you want to call it, sideways loaded, Onto our website, Hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. So, guys, uh, the last piece of this, I think, is probably to explain. Obviously, Hensler Financial does things differently. We don't use a rule of thumb on how much you can take out. We look at your history, your specific history. We answer the question for you. If you can't answer it yourself, how much do you spend? We project that forward into the future uh, using... Things like inflation, taxes, various other things that we know change over time. Uh, we also project into the future your income, meaning the various sources. If you uh, assume that your income is fixed, like your own Social Security or a pension, uh, then we know you probably at some point are going to have to withdraw money from your retirement accounts. DJ, you made mention before, uh, just because you have to withdraw by law uh, doesn't mean that you have to spend it. So, you know, if you're getting a pension and it covers all your spending needs, so be it. But what we do with your portfolio then to make sure that it continues to grow so that you can leave some for the next generation, we determine how much money you're going to need from your saved assets over the next 10 years. The answer might be no. You might start needing something in five or six or 10 years from now. Sure. But what we do is over the next 10 years, we set aside the amount of money that you would need in fixed income securities. What's the deal with fixed income? Well, you're not making too much money right now, but you definitely avoid the volatility of the stock market.
2: Yeah, the security Mm -hmm. aspect of keeping that in a safe investment is always good.
0: Absolutely, and it allows you that sleep factor you were talking about a few minutes ago, DJ, and that is you can sleep at night knowing whatever happens to the stock market, whoever gets elected, uh, whatever happens in Russia, Japan, China, whatever, is not necessarily going to impact your financial situation.
2: Yeah, your investments right. long-term, those growth investments, the stocks or mutual funds that invest in common stocks, you're really getting, you know, at this point, what is going to happen to the stock market between now and 2031? That's what we're looking at. If you think about it like that, from now to 2030, your money set aside and the the money that you'll need is safer for the 10 years. What does the market look like in 2031 when you have to start pulling the portfolio in that year? History tells us in 10 years time, it will be higher in 10 years than it is today.
0: And then theoretically, if you do have to withdraw some for spending in 2021, Mm -hmm. you also replace it. Actually, it's for the amount that needs to be withdrawn in 2032, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it just keeps rolling on like that. And oh, by the way, if you do have a market event where the stock market declines significantly, we had one of those oh. between February and March. The market was down <coughs> 34%, yeah. and yeah. now it's up 9% for the year. But if the market does fall and you think that it's bad timing to withdraw your money and put it into fixed income, you've got... Nine years to wait. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: That's what happened in 2008. We we were not forced to sell. So what we had is clients that had the 10 year rule had nine years. The next year they had eight years and seven years of liquidity. And we didn't sell fixed or I'm sorry, growth investments to move in fixed income. We kept that as is. We weren't forcing ourselves. We didn't do anything.
0: Slow down. You just take a break. Take it easy. The
2: market will recover. And in a couple of years, they got down to six years, and then we said, all right, it's time. The market had recovered to a point. where We were comfortable taking a little bit of money off the table, so we sold some growth. Started backfilling that 10 years and, and replenishing their, their liquidity needs at that time. So it's very important to to have a little bit more than you need in fixed income. if Even if you don't want 10 years, you don't want to... F- wait in January 1 sell for that year's liquidity because you never know what that stock market looks like at that time.
0: Absolutely. You don't want to be
2: forced to (laughs) sell. And
0: if you're wondering what is the magic about 10 years, well we've done a study. We went back to 1925 and we looked at the stock market. Oh by the way that was four years before the Great Depression and since that period over every 10 year rolling period since then, this is what like almost 90 rolling periods at mm-hmm. this point, uh, the average annual return on the stock market is about 10.5%. So we assume annually that you're going to make 10.5%. Guess what? The stock market hardly ever hits that in a single year. So I think we've seen two years since 1925 where the stock market finished really close to 10.5%. Some days or some years it might be up 30, like yeah. it was last year, 32, I think. Uh, some years it's going to be negative. It's just the, the nature of the market. But guess what? Over long periods of time, you can actually closely forecast the returns of the stock market. That being the case, it allows you that that peace of mind to sleep at night while you've uh, while you got your money invested. And you don't have to worry so much about, do I need to keep? Do I need to withdraw 4% or 3% or yeah. think about, uh, you know, how overvalued my portfolio is? It's all, it becomes insignificant at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, let's get to one more question before we uh, end this show. Uh, coming up on us really quick. Uh, good friend, Bill Murray, has written us uh question. Says, while the S&P 500 is up for the year, the Vanguard REIT is down. REIT being a real estate investment trust. Um, given COVID and the increase in online shopping, is REIT investing becoming obsolete or are we merely going through a temporary rough patch? it 's a good question. Uh, well, there are, it's probably two prong. Number one, you talk about retail. There's a whole lot more to REITs than just the retail. So, you know, you might think of, uh, dead malls when people talk about, uh, retail investing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Technology is definitely eating into uh, retail. Yeah. I also think that uh, from COVID that we are unlikely to see everyone who no longer goes to the office to work. They stay at home. I think we're unlikely to see all those people run back to an office building. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that being the case, now you've got not only retail, but you've got commercial real estate that could be under uh, some, some stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I know things are good, though as in data centers. You know, you've got technology, all this technology is housed somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You got uh, companies like uh, Digital Realty, uh, ticker symbol DLR. It's one that we recommend for clients. In this space, I believe, instead of trying to get exposure to the general real estate market, especially right now, you would probably be better to pick a stock or two. the other thing is, you've heard of all these uh, rent, uh, rents being
2: suspended.
0: S- yeah, Suspended. They're, uh, folks are late. They're not yeah. paying their rent. And, mm-hmm. and while you could still book it as real income, I really begin to wonder and worry whether or not some rents are going to be paid.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're kind of kicking the can down the road to first quarter, second quarter, to see how that's going to really end up. How they're gonna get their revenue. Are they gonna pay? Right. And then what's the evictions looking like when that time comes?
0: Yeah, when you have such a widespread event, I think it becomes uh increasingly more difficult for people to catch up yeah. mm-hmm. on their rent, you know, the longer we have this, this uh period where folks are just not paying it, even yeah. if they're not being evicted, so uh I would right now probably avoid yeah. residential as well, so you know an across the board reIT not so much industrial reITs warehouses, things like that mm-hmm. actually are gonna benefit from uh online because you're still gonna have to place yeah. the inventory's the inventory gotta somewhere. go somewhere right mm-hmm. and and you know there there are folks that are uh investing in that manner, so I would say it's really more of a a stock picking event at this point. Um, Bill, I hope that answers your question. We appreciate it. Uh, DJ, mark it up or down. What's up? How about you, Peter? I'll say up. Uh, How about that? A quorum. I say up as well. Of course you do. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week.